Welcome to the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. My name is Joaquin Elizondo, and I edit films and scripted TV shows in Hollywood. I created the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program to help aspiring editors start or advance their careers in post-production. I don't have any training in coaching or some fancy degree in psychology. I'm just a guy who is relentless in pursuing his goals and wants to help people do the same. But I didn't achieve happiness and success in my career alone. Throughout the years, I've come across some amazing people that have offered valuable advice and guidance. That's why I created the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program, to help people navigate the path to achieving their career goals. I've been in your shoes and gone through the same struggles. The challenges and fears on this journey are real. And I want to tell you, it is possible. Sticking with the music theme here on episode 12 of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast, we've been hearing it now for 12 episodes, Apollo's Haze by house music producer and DJ Jesus the Punk, and he's here today to tell us more about his career and his process behind creating house music, and we're also going to get into the importance of loving what we do as creatives, why it's good to also be constantly challenged creatively, uh, and, and not being afraid uh, to commit mistakes and being open to criticism. These are concepts that I think are important for anyone starting or advancing their career, uh, especially in a creative field. And so very happy to have this discussion today with my good friend, Jesus the Punk. A house music producer and DJ from San Diego, Jesus the Punk has made a name for himself in the San Diego community and beyond, having started producing since 2006 and DJing since 2008. His productions have been featured at the top of the charts, reviving a rare fusion vintage techno house sound globally. His work has a sound consisting of groovy bass lines, analog synths and drums, and funky vocals. He has shared his stage with many artists and has played at multiple venues, from nightclubs to festivals and raves. He currently has multiple releases signed onto various labels. Jesus the Punk has also created his Deep House record label, Good Luck Penny, established in 2018. So here we go, episode 12 of the Hollywood Editing Mentor podcast with house music producer and DJ, Jesus the Punk. So excited to have Jesus Diaz, a.k.a. Jesus the Punk here on the Hollywood Editing Mentor podcast. What's going on, dude? How you doing? Not much, man. Just here, you know, chilling. Uh, got here after work and uh, just relaxing. Looking forward to... Uh, <laughs> talking about music and just uh entertainment and creativity overall you know your song is what people hear the first thing they hear when they when they listen to the show so uh you know i wanted to people to get to know you see who is this mm -hmm. jesus the punk right <laughs> uh, so he, i want to bring you on and yes uh definitely talk about uh more about you and your process and also yeah uh just creativity and artistry in general no yeah, I mean, i'm very uh very uh honored to be on the show to be honest kind of yeah man i'm super stoked that the song has been you know it's all the intro every episode so it's, it's very cool to to uh, have that support from you as well and uh, it's very appreciated well it's a great song man and and i want to thank you for providing that for the show uh you know yeah, i totally anytime, appreciate bro. it man <laughs> yeah man no worries jesus uh you know, I want people to, like I said, people get to know you. I want uh, people to know where you're from, you know, kind of how you got started in music. You know, I know you're really into it. I mean, like uh, you've been doing house music um, for a while now. You're a DJ and producer. Uh, you also play the drums. So, I mean, like you come from a musical background. Uh, I just want to get to know more about you, like I said, and I guess uh, just how you got really into music and uh, and creating it. Yeah, man. I mean, um, I... I I've been pretty much, um, I've loved music my whole life, to be honest. Like, you know, even like just getting influenced by like my dad's favorite music and records. And he's a, he's a really big disco guy, you know, like he's Mexican, but he's not into like Mexican music. He loves like 
the 70s disco funk 70s rock classic rock you know um so i mean as a kid that's all we really listened to all the time and um you know he has a huge vinyl collection too it's pretty cool you know every family party they're at the in their house in tijuana um he pulls out his records and just jams out and uh, it's pretty cool. So, I mean, that was a big influence in, in me getting into the interest of music. Um, and then uh, as I got a little bit older, I mean, I was like around eight when I got my first drum set. And then uh, that all started because my brother played a lot of guitar and I just kind of followed like, you know, like not followed, but just kind of like got influenced to uh, want to get into an instrument as well. And then I just like, I just love the drums, man. <laughs> so, and then, uh, yeah, so that's how, it, that's how I pretty much got into liking music. Um, as far as, like, making it, like, legit recording, I, I could pretty much when I was, like, uh, it's because I did start, like, like getting messing with the programs, you know? Like, as a kid, probably when I was, like, 15 years old, um, I remember I would just use my mom's uh, MacBook, the I, what's it called, iBook G4, and she had GarageBand, so that's, that's what I would start out with as a kid. And just after school, you know, jam out it's it all sounded like shit but it's got me like into like you know practicing and um at least knowing what i'm like little by little and uh yeah so after that i guess um i just started taking it more seriously man and and then um i started really getting into it towards my late teens and early 20s and then by the time i was 19 20 i got my first record deal and i just liked you know getting that representation and people hearing what what i made you know and like a like a kind of a communication of what my sound is and kind of what my ideals are through music and since then this has been addicting bro and i'm still at it today oh man that, that's awesome man i mean i i uh i want to hear more though about that that time i guess once you started seeing kind of uh you know things were picking up i mean you're starting to learn i guess just like first the software you're starting to make music you know, you're you're starting to get some some traction. I mean, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like, you know, when you started say, well, first of all, how did you get your your I guess making your music, then getting it out there, and then you started getting you know, like I said, some traction. How did that work out? Yeah, because like I said, like I started making it on my mom's computer, and then from there, once I knew that like I liked to do something, like I kind of committed to it, and I started getting a better, more professional program. Like now, I use Logic Pro. That's like you know, that's my my go to. And I started using that when I was 18. So I, my sound even started to sound better because I committed the time to it. So I started getting, um, as you start making music, you start kind of adapting to the music you like also, like from other artists and you start getting more influenced. And um, so, yeah, I committed all my time into that. And then as I got older, I started just refining my sound, investing more into my hardware and programs. And then um that allowed me myself also to grow and, and get the traction of recognition more of, of like record labels that were like requesting demos. You know, I would put songs on SoundCloud and from there I would get messages like, Hey, we like that song. Like we would like to like, or they would just be like, if you're, if you have any other tracks, we'd like something similar to that. And then I would just be, you know, I would start making something similar to it, send it over. If they like it, they'll take it. If not, then I'll just, you know, keep working on it, send it to somewhere else. So, um, yeah, I, I started out like that. I didn't really have a goal, to be honest. It was more like a hobby. I mean, I didn't really, you know, I guess I didn't really expect anything, like, of how it was going to be. I just I just went with the flow. And then um, I guess it just started happening more often. Like, these, I would just get in contact with more labels or I would start, you know, doing my research of my sound of, of that I like to make. 
and what sounds similar to it or, or what label is well, the ones that's interested in. And I would start hitting them up and sending them the links, you know, and, and like I said, I didn't have a goal for this. I was just like going with the flow. And like I said, like I had said, like, if they like it, they like it. If not, like you have nothing to lose really, you know, like you're just, I was just a kid getting home, making beats and <laughs> seeing where they can, these beats can go. And that was kind of like uh, what got me started. And as soon as I got starting, as soon as I got more tracks picked up by these labels, it, it just got fun for me. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, these labels are, they can be from all over the States or different countries and you start meeting people. And honestly, like it's, I think that's the coolest thing because it allowed me to communicate with people from across the globe that I would never think of uh I'd be talking to, you know, like I have friends in Russia, fucking Japan, you know, Europe. And it's pretty cool. You know, it, it's, uh, it got addicting. It's like, uh, kind of saw like collecting Pokemon cards, <laughs> but, <record labels. laughs> right, right. but uh, no, it, it's, it's a, it was a really fun, you know, it, it, it's been really fun and just seeing how much it's been growing and, and your sound, you know, comparing my sound from then to now and the growth, it kind of keeps you going, you know, and, um, honestly like i think that's the best way to do it you know not 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 fully committing to something until you know it's gonna happen or even until you know it's gonna be good and then if you like it you just keep at it and and see where it goes absolutely man no i understand it about uh it being addicting yeah definitely you know especially uh like with with, with music yeah it's a good stress reliever too it's, and honestly i think it's the best like it's the best form of therapy man like you're you're literally letting your emotions out or you're letting your your ideas out and now it's you know as, as we're progressing with technology it's only becoming simpler and simpler and it's allowing more people to jump into it as well because now the advancements with programs and everything it's it's not as intimidating as before you know and and uh, it's more user-friendly you can say but with my growth that i that i started out with like shitty programs i think it it really educated me more when i use these newer programs that are more user friendly and and it makes my process faster did you start making say house music from the beginning no man no <laughs> i was making like random random things i i try to make rock i try to make like even reggae it was hilarious that <laughs> i started out with like a track a reggae track and i used my own voice and it just sounded funny we need to hear that but, <laughs> Wait, <what? laughs> Wait, I, I, I copied it. Hey, yeah. If I could find it, that'd be hilarious. But, but I started experimenting with everything, you know. And right. then uh, I guess I just really liked um, some of the sounds on the programs too, especially the the spacey synths. And and then uh, how I got into house music, I guess just listening to, you know, having siblings as well helped a lot into it. Because this is back when I was younger and these my, my sisters and my brother, they were going out to clubs and I guess they would kind of play the music that I was playing in clubs back in the day. You know, that was in, in the clubs in TJ when they were more, they had more house music in the clubs. Like these guys were playing like, you know, Daft Punk and stuff in the clubs. Like, you know, you, you like Tangaloo and stuff one more time and all that. I remember my siblings coming home drunk as fuck. And like, you know, like that was the music that was playing in the clubs, you know, during that era, the late nineties, you know, even Madonna was releasing like house tracks and, and everything. Um, so I kind of like, I've always liked it, you know, and it, it is just like, you start being a drummer. It's like a house beat is really easy to do. It's just a kick, you know, like boom, 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 the kick arrangement. And that was just always a basis. And as I, as I started getting into the production, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like it gives me, it gave me a cool, like, you know, feeling to keep at it. And, and uh, I was like, this is dance music. I like dance music. It's euphoric, you know, it's, it's very, 
you know, everybody can get into it. It's it's a genre that's always been alive. So I guess me getting into it was more like getting influences from my sisters and Nella. And after that, I started doing my own research on the music and uh, getting my influences. And at the same time, my experience as a musician and seeing how, how it, the patterns of house music was kind of simpler, especially starting out. It was a genre that I felt was uh, very welcoming to new beginners of production. So um, back then it wasn't as good as, as, as I have it now, I guess you can say, or, or as, as uh, detailed, but that's what started in little by little, just, it started, uh, my sound started getting better. Also, would you say that, that the culture surrounding house music was something that was also probably attractive yeah, to you? Yeah, definitely. I started getting into the culture more as I got older, honestly, being a San Diego kid, like TJ was, you know, being underage too. TJ was our place to go, bro. So, oh, TJ, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And TJ back in the, when I was what, like 16, 17, 2009, 2010, um, all the bars in like Sexta Revolution area, they were playing house music, man. So, getting into the culture, like, I guess like I got to experience it firsthand at a young age, too, because over there was all out and people over there didn't give a fuck, bro. Like, it's at 4 a.m. 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. They would close a bar sometimes and the music was all fire all the time. It was really good. So I got to experience like, you know, kind of like a, that scene. And for me, that's super underground how it was, you know, there. So that's kind of how, how I got into like seeing how the culture of, of that of house music is. Yeah. At least at that age. And then as I started getting older, I started realizing in the States how it is, you know, um, I always obviously did my research too. And, and seeing with all these, all these other big musicians, you know, from the house pioneers and all that came, you know, came out of, you know, like, uh, Marshall Jefferson, Carrie Chandler, um, all these house OGs and seeing their cultures, you know, uh, a lot of Detroit artists, how their underground scenes were too. Cause it's it's very cool that there's a whole another subgenre of uh, house music that's um, you kind of have to n- be in there to understand it, I guess you can say, because explaining it is just not enough. But those who know how it is, they'll, they'll understand. So <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the whole growing up in TJ thing because yeah, I mean we you know we both grew up in TJ and yeah. uh, in Tijuana, uh, so you, and you grew up. Not only do you grow up kind of fast, obviously you you as a young kid you're exposed yeah. to you're going out, you're going to the clubs. Yeah. And that's so a, that's a crazy thing, right? Like how, it is. How, you know, thinking about it, it's like, wait a minute, I was out at Revolucion, you know, at, at 13 yeah. years old, you know, getting yeah, into places. Yeah. Shit, dude. Yeah, I had friends at that age too. Going out. Back then, like I was still like like I was still into I was still a kid when I was 13. Like I was into video games. I, was, I mean, I still love video games, but like, <laughs> but like I had friends that were like, oh, we're going to teach you this weekend and like I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, you know, like I was living here in, in, in San Diego. So crossing and like, you know, telling, getting my parents to like, you know, let me go and all that it was a hassle. But then as I got older, I just, you know, I would stay over at friends' house. We ended up in TJ, go to these bars. And uh, my first gigs are my first gigs are actually in Tijuana. And I was I was a 17 year old, man. So like even my mom wasn't on board at the time because, you know, they were like, like, why is he going? With, dude, I would show up to my house at 6 a.m you know, a kid, <laughs> my parents would trip out. I would take the trolley too. Like I didn't even drive. I was like, I took the trolley to, uh, to the border, cross on foot, cross back at 6am on the trolley, <laughs> get home to my parents angry. <laughs> <laughs> I know the that feeling. Was a routine. <laughs> yeah. After that first time. Yeah, man. It was like, you know, it was like, holy shit, this is fun. Like I want to keep, keep on, I want to keep at it. 
I think that T that sucked about TJ was that the pay was really bad, but I mean, at least we got free drinks, you know, and it was, and it was starting out. I, di- I didn't, I didn't complain starting out. I was like, Oh, I mean, these people at this club are twice my age and they're getting down to my music. That's was dope. It was a cool feeling. And, and I guess that's what kind of pushed me more to pursue this kind of thing. And um, yes. And then when I turned 20, um, I started playing here in San Diego, low key. And then I started meeting more San Diego people and more people in the States and then getting signed to more labels, in different states or in different uh, countries started introducing me more to their crowds and and vice versa. Can, can you give us some insight into your process, both on the technical side of it and also um, just how you also find inspiration, right? Because it's like, again, things like, a mm-hmm. you know, maybe sometimes you get like, like a writer gets writer's block, right? I mean, you're sitting yeah, there and definitely. you're like, how do I start? Where do, where do I begin? Mm-hmm. Can you give us an insight into how this all works. Well, for me, honestly, I literally, um, I, I get on it with a blank slate, man. Like I, whenever I start a project, I just literally jam out with a keyboard. That's one of my first things to do. And you know, I already explained what my style is. So I try to go for that sound, kind of not, not try to go for that sound, but something similar, you know? So I'll, I'll just record, like uh, I'll start recording a loop, a small loop of a melody. Uh, the deep melody, if I like it, I was like, okay, I'll arrange it, I'll quantize it, I'll start like spreading it out. From there, I'll move on to a bass line, or I can start with the bass line. It doesn't really matter. Sometimes a sound, I'll hear a sound on my keyboard. I was like, oh, that one sounds dope. I can see, I can already start picturing what I can do with this one once I start playing. And, uh, you know, me being a drummer, it, I guess it helps me a lot knowing like arrangement of music. And um, I wouldn't call myself a keyboardist, but I can play it, you know, just, you know, I don't know how to read the notes, but I can play. And if it sounds good to me, I'll use it. So I, my, my process is mostly seeing where those little loops I make take me. And then from there, I'll start building off them and I'll start arranging it. Then I'll start seeing what I can add to it. And um, yeah, so that's kind of how I start a lot of my tracks. You know, I have no real clear, no real clear indication of where it's going to go. It's like just having jam sessions. And if I like the jam session, I'll keep it and I'll expand onto it and I'll commit my time into it. I like making music a lot after like, like, you know, long days. A lot of times it's like, you know, it just, sometimes you just want to get home and just chill and jam, you know, a couple of beers, see where things go. And the idea just keeps on going up. It's very, you know, I, at sometimes even like at work, I'll have something in my head, like, okay, like this, this might sound cool randomly. And I'll get home and I'll just start jamming to the sound I thought of. And uh, like I said, I'll record a little loop of it. And then if I like it, I'll just keep on growing from it. So that's my process, you know, most of the time. Sometimes I'm just in the mood to make something like that. Um, some other times I'm just, uh, most of the times it's, it's improvised, bro. Like it's improvised off my 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 emotion because I can end up making something that I'm thinking I'm going to make a house, but I'll end up making like a fucking jazz track <laughs> just because, you know, it sounds cool. So I was like, all right, I'll, 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 I'll stick with it. <laughs> you just could start going down that path and then, yeah, gonna, you know, exactly. I'll, let, I'll, let, my mind, I'll mm-hmm. let my mind take me where it needs to go based off how I'm feeling. <laughs> how about those times where you are, say, not feeling completely inspired, you know, ideas are not coming you know, to mind. And I mean, you know, are there things that you do maybe to find, inspiration or, or, or you, do you look somewhere for inspiration or maybe some lifestyle choices that help you kind of just have more mental clarity and, and develop more creativity? Yeah. I mean, I think taking a walk is good. Sometimes I'll just walk my dog, getting some fresh air. Um, I think a lot of, a lot, 
I've been doing a lot too is uh, I, I bought I bought a lot of hardware like to make music. So sometimes it's easier rather than opening a computer and just saying I'm going to start recording something. Sometimes with hardware, the beauty of it is that you can just not even without even not, without even turning a computer on because sometimes I get lazy to just turn on the computer and see where I go. But sometimes I just go to my studio, turn on all the machines I have, and start jamming and seeing where and it's just raw raw feeling because it's me controlling everything at 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 at, at the at como like a sequence, you know, and like just having everything there, and 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 I end up I end up having a cool idea even when I'm not into it, and then I'll be okay. Now I can record this on my computer. I'll get my computer and I'll start recording everything. So there's always a way to stay um, to keep your mind fresh and to keep your mind with ideas, and that's that's also another thing. Like the beauty of hardware is that it's it's not as a um, like it's not like opening a computer and saying forcing yourself to come with an idea. It's more of just getting showing up and also jamming, but it's it's more like more hands-on. That's that's the word we're more hands-on and just coming up with a concept right away. I mean you're one of the top DJs and producers here on the West Coast. Was that your goal initially? Uh or or was it just uh you know you're simply doing what you love? Honestly, um at this age, I, I just stopped thinking about all that man. I used to think more about that as a kid. And I started realizing, like, I was forcing myself too much, too. Um, now, I you can, I mean, I guess it, it, it's it's more natural now. I, it's not that I'm forcing. I just like to do it. I just love to do it. So as I got, as I, I guess I had my my years, like, when I was in my my early 20s, where I, like, I was really thinking, like, competition-wise, you know, like, I needed, I needed to expand. I need to get out of here. I need to do this. And, you know, you start realizing things don't work like that. Sometimes when you expect too much, you'll end up with a bigger disappointment because, you know, things don't always happen that way. So I just started committing more to just jamming and um, I stopped thinking about all that, man. And I just see it like, like jam sessions and if they're good, they're good. And I started just going that route more and naturally it started growing by itself rather than me forcing it to happen. Um, that's, that's the best way to do it, to be honest. And, and it honestly, it's a thing that I think artists need to experience because people don't know the industry until they're actually in it, especially be starting at a young age. Like I did, I had a different mentality of it kind of thing. Like you said, like the competition of that, I was kind of thinking of that or like, Oh, I want to play festivals. I want to do, I wanted to do unrealistic, not unrealistic, but hard things to achieve at a young age, you know? And I guess like you set yourself up for disappointment more, but at the same time, you're still uh, hustling on it. So now that I'm older, uh, I definitely analyze everything I learned, every mistake I've made. Um, you start appreciating those mistakes to to show you the right way to do it. And the best way to do it is to let things happen organically because that's that's not going to like, you know, that's not going to force things. It's not going to, I don't know how to explain it. Is this, like, I, as the, the, the more chill I have it, the better right now. Obviously, if I have a track that's like amazing or like, you know, not amazing, but like that, I think has potential. I'll, I'll focus on getting it out more, you know, like, but as for drive, I, I just, my drive is just liking what I do and sticking to it. And because it's what I like to do and it's what I love to do. And that's all I really want to pursue. Um, music. I love music, man. That's, that's it. That's my drive. I wouldn't know what I would do without it. I think I would be bored. I don't know what I would do <laughs> after work. Shit, what would I do after work? Yeah, what would you music? do? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Especially like I work at a clinic in the in this in I won't say which one, but I work in the in San Diego in the South Bay San Diego clinic, and I've been working there for almost 
you know, oh, I've been working there for three years and, and it's, uh, I've been working in healthcare uh, since I was 22. So it's been a stressful environment, but um, just finding the time for it, you know, it's better to just let things happen as a jam session and, and just expressing yourself. And at the end of the day, like I, I, I want to make music after work and that's what I want to pursue. I'm so glad you bring this up because these are conversations that I've had with other editors, right? And it's also something that I've come to realize, right? Is is to not expect so much, right? I mean, like to, to exactly. put expectations aside. And, and for example, like I've, I've had this conversation recently on one of the, on one of the podcast episodes uh-huh. uh, about talking about specifically about editing you really need to like it because this is a, a very do. demanding job and mm-hmm. you know a lot of people come into it for the awards right they mm-hmm. want to win the emmys of it or an oscar or whatever and then you know you just come into it and you realize it's not that easy it's no, to get to, i mean to get to the top i mean it's just simply not easy and a lot of people can get disappointed yeah and then they you know they don't enjoy it as much and it, you know yeah, they're yeah. looking for maybe another career or whatever right so i totally agree with you i think it, you have to love this stuff and I think that is yeah, the motivation. I mean, I think or the drive or because for me, it's like I realize how much I, I love editing, for example. Right. And yeah. to me, it's just I want to do it. Right. I mm-hmm. put aside to say, sure, if I win an award or whatever. Hey, great, man. But that's no longer necessarily the motivation. It's just simply exactly. being able to do what I love. Yeah. And if it pays off, then why not? You know, it, it's it pays off because you're investing your hard work into it because you love it. Um, I was I was. Like going back to my whole like thing of uh, not having expectations, uh, that's that's like I see you as an editor. I feel like you have to, you also have to have a lot of love for every aspect of of editing, which is even music and 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 even film itself. You know, because you have your influences too from that, and you start seeing what works best and what editing each scene. So even that, like you being able to just come with ideas on the spot based on how a scene is is pretty impressive as well man so i'm a big movie guy as well so i i see it you know i i see how how much is put into uh, the craft of editing as well that's actually a good segue into this next question i know you've been experimenting with uh scoring talk to us about just kind of what i mean i know obviously you love films and what kind of got you interested in it and, and what has been your first impressions of say you know scoring a scene versus you know obviously producing or creating music the way that you do yeah uh what has been your experience and and and, you know what are the differences me dabbling into it it's hard man but i mean i feel like if you i mean i'm start i'll consider myself a beginner in it but i I do love it because i i I ended up making some like like i have like maybe like 10 tracks that are like a minute long just like from a i started getting into it by playing video games to be honest (laughs) and just hearing the soundtracks in the video games i was like damn these are dope we're like especially the horror video game um, I started like recording like a scenes and shit and I started jamming over it myself, but it's, it's a hard thing because you got to make sure that it goes with the, the visual, you know, but I feel like I have my own way of doing it. Like I like to use very like spacey synths like that I use in my house music and making those, you know, the scenes that I've got to work with, like which is you know, just test, test things. But seeing where it goes and and it it works out sometimes but yeah i feel like you have to keep it progressing always because you can't just have it like a loop like house music (laughs) i mean maybe you can but very subtle but like you have to keep it progressing in order for it to be to get that emotion and to get that uh the viewer at least more interested in what's going on because at the end of the day the soundtracks have a lot of work man you can see these amazing movies that stand out a lot for the soundtracks you know like you watch a movie like the exorcist the soundtrack has a lot it's very eerie from beginning to end 
literally it, was, it has a lot of uh, it has a lot of emotional value to it uh, there's a lot of you know things that i've noticed that i want to start getting more into too but it's just seeing how i can i guess having the time to because i mean making house sometimes is easier for me so right finding the time to like invest into a whole day of just making scoring is hard for me sometimes especially you know getting home from work at like six and you know it's you only have a couple of hours sometimes to get into to get into every everything i love so it's definitely fun i'm gonna keep at it and then when i can i'm gonna start just you know looking more into how to make more progressions and you know keeping things nice and, and clean and also impactful but i love it man it's 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 always fun to learn a new skill and it's always fun to test yourself too because right now especially during the pandemic and all the shit that's going on it's it's hard to just stay off one genre which is electronic music uh, especially when you know the main market for electronic music musicians is pretty much closed <laughs> so and, and people don't even buy music anymore man like people all depend on streaming so a lot of these artists you know it's it's kind of scary to see where this industry industry is going to go so it's for me it's like why not open my horizons to another uh another way of another like edit like like scoring because that's something that i can use my skill set on and see where things go with that too and i'm kind of taking the same approach i am with the music i'm making today you know letting where things letting getting to see where things flow you know i've been i've been meeting more people also in the movie industry and i'll, and I'll send them oh i made this track that's like a little minute you know whatever just like an idea they're like oh man this is really cool like you know if i ever have some clip or whatever they, they've told me to and uh, it's cool. It, it motivates me to do more. So I like it. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I mean, it's 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 important. I think to always be challenged, right? To keep getting challenged. Yeah, keep challenging yourself is always good. It's not. It's like, um, why not? <laughs> Literally, why not challenge yourself? Right. No, and I think it just it it it, it opens you up uh, to other ideas, uh-huh. other forms of inspiration. Maybe like I said, develop also new skills. Yeah. Um, sure, it might be time consuming. Time consuming, yeah. right? I mean, it is. It's not like you said. You're, you, don't move, you don't move as fast. I say if you're making yeah. house music, but it's. I think it's important to kind of seek those challenges and yeah, to keep, it, to keep it growing. Is. And also, you can integrate them into what you do, like house music, whatever. Say whatever. Like if I if I learn some like you know cool chords or whatever that are really, you know product like movie wise like emotional and like well maybe that sounds cool at the house we i don't know <laughs> take the idea over there vice versa keep things fresh you know it's always it's always cool to keep things innovative and fresh and and uh that's what that's what makes it you know memorable at the end of the day do you think it's important for people to incorporate some form of creativity in their lives and also why is creativity important to you i think it's needed and important to me because People look. People look. Look. People need this stuff, man. To 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 live with their lives. Not just thinking about people, but it's as being something I love to do. I feel like a lot of people can see it as a as a form of obviously a form of communication. You know, some people can listen to music and you know have that song like, oh man, that song brings me back to this. That song makes me think of this. You know, that's whatever. Um, I think music is and creativity in general is, is important to people because everybody has their own, how do you say, everybody has their own um, reflection to it. You know, um, I feel like it can work as a therapeutic sense, like how I mentioned. People can look up to that. They'll be like, oh man, like I want to, I like this guy's style of music. I like, or I like this guy's art, this guy's creativity because it helps me get past through my life. You know, it gives me something to rest upon, to feel, you know, to, to feel out of um, you know a play a, a part a part with where you're not in out of reality kind of thing 
you know, especially the reality that we're in today. I feel that right now, creativity is more essential than anything because people are locked in their houses right now too. What are they going to be doing? What are they going to be listening to? You can't just stop everything. Creativity has to keep going, especially now. I feel like there's a lot of locked emotions that will definitely uh, be awakened and, and, and keep people flowing and keep people alive. And I feel that's something that's really important for creativity to still be relevant today. And, um, also, I mean, I just think it's 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 always going to be needed on the end, you know, it works for anything for tragedies, it works for any little way that somebody can get away from their problems or reality, or even just want to enjoy themselves. It has such an impact and, and it opens new doors to to everyone in their own way. So creativity, definitely, man, it, it's something I think is is something people can't just give up on, you know, because just because of circumstances that people are living, but. I think it's something that should just keep on coming. And it's the beauty of it is that it's always going to be something new. Something is always going to be, it's not always going to be the same, you know, it's going to be something that's constant. So when there's lack of creativity, that's when there's like the, the re, you know, people keep on copying other sounds or in movie, in the movie industry, the remakes and reboots and all that, that's that lack, that's the lack of creativity that just keeps on taking the same idea, but there's always room for something new. So it's always good to, to keep it alive, honestly. You know, you're someone that believes in true artistry and, you know, you're an underground artist. Um, what are your thoughts on the mainstream media today and also uh, social media and what's being projected through there. I guess you can say like people don't realize the investment that artists put into their work. And a lot of times it's overlooked, um, very underappreciated most of the time, especially with the mainstream media. Cause you know, at the end of the day, these mainstream things get funded by the studios and big budgets and all that, which is obviously going to overlap a lot, especially being in the underground industry. It definitely gets underseen, man. And people don't appreciate the investment that others put into it, which is kind of what fucks up everything, um, especially in an age of social media that, you know, it's really hard for people to get their stuff out to um, to the market because, People want to just pursue what's easier for them to see sometimes rather than look for, rather than do their like research or just have their open their horizons to other sounds or other things they haven't heard before. Um, And those are the markets that struggle the most, you know, going back to a point that I was kind of starting with the social media, um, this whole influencer craze, dude, girl can put a picture of her ass and literally get millions of followers like that. An artist can put a picture of their art or a fucking song and doesn't get anything (laughs) unless they're being like, you know, unless they're already in the mainstream uh, in the mainstream market. But it's definitely that needs to be something that needs to be educated more to people, at least in the, at least the mainstream market of people. And honestly, that's the thing that's been a tough thing to, to really, see how it can work, you know, but the best thing we can do, you know, at least me is, is keep doing what I do. Um, keep opening, you know, whenever I have a chance introducing people to those sounds, um, in my industry, at least into artists I like into my music into anything. And even, even art or film wise, same thing. Um, the underground industries are always going to be underlooked, which is what it makes it, you know, you, you have to be educated about it to get invested into it. But that's a thing that definitely needs to change. And that's actually a thing that's kind of scary, too, because a lot of these, especially in the social media age, a lot of these influencer personalities and a lot of these, you know, 
um, talentless people, you know, pretending to be something they're not or are recognized more than those that really pursue their true art. And that's always that's always going to be the ongoing battle between real artists versus uh, how can I say versus pretty much those following the relevance and the attention. And uh, that kind of kills a lot of industries, too. And right now it's it's very uh, controversial, to be honest. And nobody really knows what to believe sometimes anymore. You know, like who's sticking into this or what or who's doing this or, you know, it, it's it's or who knows. Even in, in a lot of industries, like in the I know in the film industry, there's a lot of connections. You know, it doesn't always have to mean who's the most talented. Sometimes it's who you know, which is kind of crazy. And it's, that's, it's like that in the music scene too. And people get their ghost producers, people get, you know, and they'll take credit for anything. So it, um, that's the crazy thing about keeping the real art alive and all that. And the technology kind of, as as much as it helps it, it also ruins it. And uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a hard, hard sometimes, but, you know, as long as people just keep on being themselves and keep on, being true to their sound and true to their art, I'm sure that I, eventually they'll gonna get they'll it'll be recognized into the uh, more mainstream artists that sorry more mainstream markets that will allow people to see the different aspects of art and music and everything like that. So um, it's just providing the time and 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 when there's an opportunity to educate, it's it's the best it's it's the time to do it. You know. There's never a shame in that, you know, there's nothing to lose at the end of the day. It's hard, honestly, to say, because like how you said it, it's how do you get these, uh, you know, mainstream people to to understand other cultures or, or like music cultures or art cultures? It's, it's um, taking the opportunity to do so by by any way possible. Um, and, and eventually, you know, at the end of the day, you can't always stress too much about the things you can't control. Um it's just what you can do. That's <laughs> so, just, a, just, a, just a, a general life lesson. Exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that people should follow more often nowadays, especially now. You see all these people riled up in politics and, you know, things that people weren't even talking about last year, you know, a couple of years back, you know, and now it's like, it's like people, it's like people see things like sport teams. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to get them to change their opinion on things or being open-minded and, and seeing like, why are you stressing and making your own life miserable over things you can't really, you have no control of at the end of the day. <laughs> it's always going to be, you know, it's, things are already set in, a lot of things are set in stone. Yeah. The, there's things that we can change, but there's some unrealistic things too, that people definitely need to understand that they can invest that, that, that energy into more positive things in life and, and, and seeing the real beauty of their own life and seeing how to improve their own life. And, and that thing, that's something that people need to understand more, especially right now. Very well said, man. That's beautiful, man. I definitely think, uh, we should yeah, definitely take some time right now to look within ourselves yeah yeah to explore ourselves i mean we're already we're already living a time of tragedy and there's there's people that still rather focus on more hate and more tragedy and more more problems that you know at the end of the day is not even worth it i mean yeah it's good to be aware and it's good to be educated on things but causing so much hatred and and pretending it's like you know like sides and teams it's it's not gonna it's not gonna take anything any better 
<laughs> you're gonna stay in the you're gonna stay in the loophole of hatred and <laughs> and envy and <laughs> yeah and that's just, just misery bro absolutely man uh you know i, I want to be respectful of your time so uh, you know I definitely uh you know uh, I, again thanks for, for being here on the podcast i'm gonna just kind of two more questions here uh, yeah no problem man. what what, what is, I'm, I'm having a couple beers alone you're there's good no, then no <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> what, what do you think is the state of the state of house music and and where do you think it's headed as of today like as of right now man it you know it this whole covid thing really messed up a lot of not just house music a lot of industries and house music is hard because you know house music isn't a genre like uh reggaeton for example that people still listen to like you know fuck people love fucking that shit they they'll they'll play it on loop and house music doesn't really get that appreciation People like house music for clubs and going out and, you know, the mainstream market, at least see it, the mainstream people, at least see it in that aspect. So during a time of now, like being locked down and and it's hard for us to get our music out in the clubs. And, you know, that's where the real I think that's where the most exposure came out of, to be honest, because people will see you play. They'll see like the they'll go see the house music. And now it's not really an opportunity to do so besides the live streaming stuff. Um, I do know that house musicians are doing live streams, but then they, they don't get that many views, man. Like even the big artists, they get like 200 views and, and that's not that's not enough for like somebody, you know, it, it's not about like, it's not enough, but it's, it's not the, the support that need right now, you know? So it's hard to say what's going to happen. Um, I'm hoping for the best, to be honest in, in with house music. I mean, as long as it's going to, there's always going to be that, that crowd that loves it and that listens to it and appreciates it. But the majority doesn't, to be honest. And, and it's a hard, it's a hard genre to make a living off of, you know? Uh, I'm seeing like some of my favorite musicians, like they're, now they're doing the whole Patreon thing and all that. So that's how they're making their money right now, which is crazy. But it's something, you know, nowadays, man, it's a trip. We're living an era where we can't even plan ahead because <laughs> we can't even. Yeah, because like literally we can't. Things change the week to week nowadays. There's like a new thing happening. So I'm hoping that that it can eventually get revitalized and and you know there's a way for people to be able to experience house music again at least house at least that genre you know um i'm I'm hoping there's more respect towards it and more people that are open to it i mean seeing how my many artists are struggling with it right now and and these guys are like legends you know and some of the people that are ogs they're even struggling sometimes, so yeah, it's it's a tough question to answer, man. <laughs> yeah, you, guys, you know, we just gotta keep stay, stay positive, keep moving forward. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, things are gonna change, industries are gonna change. Yeah. I mean, I will say it, it's hard. Like, I guess sometimes I do realize, like, a lot of my musician friends, a lot of them have just stopped making music completely, and it, it blows my mind because last year they were all about it, but now it's like they lost, they lost their their motivation. For me, I mean, I'm, I can I keep on doing it because fuck. I love to make music and that's what keeps me going. That's my stress reliever. It's my, it's my, you need like it. I said, it's my therapy, man. <laughs> yeah, and therapy, I just, exactly. I just, I just love to do it. And, and I feel like, why, I mean, why not make music and take advantage, you know, that the world's kind of on shutdown right now kind of thing. And, you know, there's still labels accepting demos. Why not <laughs> seeing where things can go, you know? I might as well be productive while I can't do anything. That's a great attitude to have, man. I, I love yeah. it. Cause uh, yeah, I think I, 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 
you know, got reconnected with other, you know, creative endeavors yeah. during this time, you know, I mean, I was yeah. just looking at stuff that I used to before, like I said, you know, uh, music, I used to, you know, shoot a lot of video and, and, and I reconnected with that stuff and it was, I felt so happy doing it again. Mm -hmm. I, so I think I, you know, it, it, it was a good thing for me to re like I said, kind of look back at just so many other things that I used to do to, to stay creative. Uh, one last thing, uh, Jesus, uh, right now is the time maybe to start, you know, finding, Uh, other creative endeavors, one of them being is creating music. If someone wants to do, you know, what you're doing, what, what would you recommend to them? What advice would you give them to get to get started? Um, honestly, like I said, any upcoming musician like me now that I've learned my experiences, uh, I'd recommend making your mistakes, man. Because if you don't make your mistakes, you're not going to learn. You're, sometimes you got to see things at a low point and be like, damn, I fucked up. Or like, damn, I signed with this label. This label kind of sucks, you know, like I got to... What am I doing? If I keep on signing to the, you know, you got to always think high. I guess you always got to think highly of yourself and just let things flow naturally is the best option. But I recommend making your mistakes. You know, don't go into things rushed or pressured, especially if you're going to get into production into production. Don't copy any. I don't think copying anything is good. I think it's good to have influences. But if you're just going to be somebody that wants to sound like somebody else already, that's not going to get you out anywhere, man. You got to find your own way to make something unique. Because people have already heard that, you know, people are always look. people want new things also. Um, so, I mean, if it works, it works too, but nobody wants copies of, of an influence already. So, um, yeah, just, just, you know, test, test your horizons. Don't be too down on yourself as a musician, you know, especially if you're starting out, understand that it's a process. It, it took, honestly, me personally, I, I, as a kid, when I was starting out, I, I spent hours, man, <laughs> hours of each day from three to five hours a day, uh, you know, it, it was a lot of time invested, even getting into DJing, add another three hours to that a day. So it's uh, committing yourself if you like it. Also, don't go all out into something that you're not sure of, especially if you're new. I know a lot of friends that were going to get into production and these people bought like the most expensive gear and, and they didn't pursue it. And that shit's fucking full of dust now. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not worth investing into something that's, especially in the music in equipment, it's expensive as hell. Trying it out first, you know, trying it out, getting into it the easiest way you can. If there's any free programs to get into it, if you have an Apple computer, don't be fucking embarrassed to use GarageBand. It's free, you know, it's literally free and you don't have to buy a $200 program. What if you don't like it at the end of the day? You know, you have to test your test yourself, test yourself and then just see where things go and and jam out jam sessions man jam sessions that's all you got to do jam sessions and and committing yourself to them and letting yourself grow and 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 being open to air and 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 create and criticism man because that's gonna that's gonna be something that's gonna help you in the future in the long run too if you choose to pursue something like that man i love it i love that you bring up uh All, the, all these things about, you know, failing or not being afraid to fail, to taking criticism and even, you know, creativity and, and, and therapy, all things that I discuss here on the Hollywood Editing Mentor uh, program and obviously on this podcast. But yeah, man, I just, I, I agree with all that. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what, I can look back at my life 10 years ago and like sometimes I'm like, fuck, what, what did I What a dumbass, you know. Exactly, man. <laughs> but I'm hey. but I'm grateful for those moments because they made me who I am today, and uh, that's that's how you got to do it. Imagine imagine making no mistakes. You're never gonna learn 
your flaw. You're never, you're never going to learn the low point in something. You're never going to give your time advancement. You know, you, you're just going to see cockiness. <laughs> Eventually it's going to come out like that. But yeah, that's, that's how you got to do it, man. It, it with, and that's just with everything in life. Cause that's what builds character too. Exactly. Well, I mean, like I said, this this is all tied together, right? Whether it be with our career, our career, our life, our relationships, with every little thing, everything, man. So I love it. I love it. We could obviously go for hours talking about this stuff. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Jesus Diaz, aka Jesus the Punk. Thank you very much for being here on the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. We're, we're going to play that right now with Apollo's Hayes. Uh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> thank you, man. I, I mean, I just appreciated what you uh, contributed to, to, to the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. You're a big part of it. So thank you. And I'm glad uh, everyone got to know you. Oh, no problem, man. Whenever you want to talk again, dude, just don't hesitate to reach out. I'm always down, you know. It's always good to have a conversation, brother. And just... Uh, making sure you're doing well as well and, and just keeping in contact is always good dude. Well, we're going to keep this conversation going next time with, with some chelas I, I owe you some IPAs good old San Diego yeah. IPAs <laughs> <That'd> be nice <laughs> let's do it awesome Jesus thank you very much man stay safe man stay positive stay creative dude oh likewise man we'll keep in touch brother that's house music DJ and producer Jesus the Punk who provided the music that you're listening to right now uh, many thanks to him for his contribution to the Hollywood Editing Mentor podcast. So many great things to extract from that conversation. I especially liked uh, his thoughts on getting over fear and committing mistakes. It's so important to understand that and it's something that you'll hear not only me uh, talk about here on the podcast but also all the amazing guests that have been on. Uh, so thanks again, Jesus the Punk. Uh, and thank you for listening to episode 12 of the Hollywood Editing Mentor podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review all this will help spread the idea of mentorship to not only the post community, but also any creatives around the world. I appreciate each and every one of you for all your support. My name is Joaquin Elizondo, the creator of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program. I'm going to play this out a little longer today. Apollo Says by Jesus of Punk here on the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. Stay safe, everyone. Stay safe, everyone.